I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill bored housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. This is a Soulfire production. Friends, loves, lovers, welcome back for another week of sexual alchemy. As always, it's great to be here with you again for another conversation, another story about someone else's journey through their own process of sexual alchemization. And this week, we have the pleasure, the sincere pleasure of talking to Jennifer Fobbs, who a lot of you may know as Boobtionary on Instagram. She is also a certified sex coach who goes by Jay Marie in that world. And I'm just delighted to be able to bring her to the conversation today. Jennifer is candid. She is honest. She is full of integrity and she loves working with men and women and couples as they walk their journeys of their own sexual alchemization and sexual acceptance. And she is not only the mother to twins, she also has been busting her ass as she works in the corporate world while she has also been going through her sex coach certification and currently is also a master's student looking to become licensed very soon in marriage and family therapy. Before all of that, though, Jennifer got her journey in this realm in 2018 as a boob blogger. And it was after that that she expanded her brand into sex education. And if all of that wasn't enough, Jennifer also has an online store called The House of Boobs, where she sells some pretty spectacular merchandise. So check that out, check her out, and check out this great conversation that we had. And I'll see you on the other side. I do this all the time. I feel like we're having this like great synergy and great conversation and we haven't hit record yet. So we're just, we're just going to hit record and see where this goes. Cause you know, we were, we were just talking about how it's difficult to kind of overcome this hump of knowing that we're putting ourselves out there in a way that if people see us, that know us, that we're like, Oh, we have this like fear that overcomes us. And what we were just talking about is like, what if our parents find out about this like content we're putting out? <laughs> yeah. And of course, I'm approaching this at this point still using a name that's not my own day-to-day life name. You are you are so brave. You're out there and, and you put it all out there already. And I want to know how you got there. How did you get to that point? Yeah, I had to grow to that point because like I've been my business has been around or my brand has been around now for about three years. And the first year it set, I'm not gonna lie, because of my fear of what were my parents gonna think, you know, I have relatives that I know are social media savvy and everybody's gonna be like, Oh my God, you know, what are you doing? X, Y, and Z. And so I had to realize that 
there's more women out there that needed to kind of hear the missing information, those facts that I've discovered along the way that we really don't know. Mm-hmm. And it had to get to a certain point where, okay, your parents at the end of the day want you to be you. They want you to be happy. And if this is going to make you happy, you know, just putting that information out there, helping other people do it. And you really have to get to that point where it's just like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is this is where I feel like I belong. You know, this makes me me. And if even as parents, if you can't see that, then you're just going to have to take the back seat. (laughs) So so with your family, did you kind of have a sit down with them and say, hey, look. I'm going to put this out here for you. I want you to know what I'm doing, what I'm passionate about. Or did they just kind of stumble upon it and they're like, all right, it's where she's at. (laughs) Um, We had this conversation last night, actually, because my cousins um, didn't, they didn't know it was my page at first and they were blocking me. And, um, (laughs) and I had to actually tell them and communicate with them that it's me. And they were like, oh. It was like, if you didn't say anything, we would have never known. I was blocking you because I thought it was spam. And so I did kind of have to sit down and say, hey, guys, you know, this is what I'm going into or, you know, this is what I feel most passionate about. Yeah. Um, I did have to have that wild moment with them because I was getting blocked because they thought <laughs> they thought it was spam. Um, and then with my parents directly, um, my dad, my dad's very more relaxed than my mom. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to things like this, um, because he knows like sexually I'm open. Mm-hmm. So my dad's very more like, okay, it's just Jen, you know, yeah. whereas my mom's like, oh my God, what are you doing? What does this mean? How deep are you going into it? Like, what are you doing? Like, okay, all right. I guess I should just sit back and let you do it, huh? And just see what it comes out to be. And I'm just like, it's okay. Chill. I got this. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because I had a dream a few weeks ago. I woke up like almost a bit in a panic because, you know, you know how dreams are. Dreams are like so weird and, you know, the way that they morph. But I was like, at some sort of family function. And for some reason, my podcast artwork was like on display, right? At this family function. (laughs) And my cousin looks at it and like looks at me and looks at it and looks at me and she's like, I know this is a cartoon, but like, it's you, isn't it? Like, this is you. Uh And I was like, uh. (laughs) And I just like had to be like, you're, yeah, it is. You're right. Yes. And I woke up like, oh my God, if that actually happened. And and then I had this moment with myself where I'm like, you know what? I actually, I'd really like to be the one having these conversations with my family. I'd love to be able to say, this is, this is what I'm doing. And it may feel strange and scary to you. It might feel like this isn't the person that you recognize, or this isn't quote unquote, how you raised me. But honestly, like this is, this is an expression for me that's incredibly authentic. And really, if you don't know this part of me, you don't know me. And I really am getting to the point where I'd like to be able to be much more, more open about that. And, and another aspect for me of anonymity with the show is the age of my children and just making sure, I mean, they're at that like kind of crucial age of bullying and, you know, self, their own self-identity and expression and all of that. And I believe that they should have a choice as to whether or not, you know, this is kind of out in the open for them and, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not this communication about, you know, what I'm doing. So I'm opening up conversations with the kids around the work I'm shifting into, but I'm still not like needing 
their friends to know that mom hosts a, a podcast about sexuality and about all sorts of expressions of sexuality. They're just at an age where like the content on this show, a lot of the time is not really child appropriate, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I so, agree. yeah. So I'm kind of like in that realm where it's like, I don't really want to be a secret. I, I I want to be living what I talk about on this show, which is like a wholly integrated life between my sexuality, my sensuality, and every other aspect of myself. So I want to be much more integrated on the whole in that way, but still also kind of keeping some protections in place for children who this isn't, you know, this isn't, this isn't something they chose. Yes. Yes. I completely understand there too, because um, I have twins and they're entering that preteen age. Mm -hmm. And while they haven't really been um, gravitating towards social media, Mm-hmm. They are getting into that that age range where it's like, okay, mom, I think I do want to have a page or I think I do want to go on TikTok. And it's like, okay, well, I know you're going to see this. <laughs> so let me brace you for what you're going to see. Right. You That's know? beautiful. And I do have that open discussion with them. You know, I ask, does this make you feel embarrassed? You know, if, how do you feel about seeing it? And they actually, um, they choose to help. Yeah. In an odd kind of way, they're like, okay, well, what can we do behind the scenes? Because they don't necessarily want to be on camera. Yeah. But they love like editing and they love doing like helping me set up the lighting and things like that or holding the camera. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the behind the scenes things is what they really, you know, they really gravitate towards. And it's how I incorporate them into what I do. I so they that. don't they don't really feel ashamed or embarrassed by it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially wanting to raise children in a sex positive environment, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I'm having lots of conversations with them already around things like consent and their bodies Mm -hmm. and other people's bodies and respect and boundaries and like all of this stuff. And it's like, that's really what this conversation is. It just Mm -hmm. happens to varying degrees, you know, depending on your age and the level of appropriateness. And so, yeah. No, I love that. That's great though, that you, that you bring your kiddos in, in that way. And Mm -hmm. they know, they know, but they don't need to know everything. Yes, exactly. Like it's like a surface rub. It's like just getting your feet wet. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. So how close are you to being able to really make what you're doing in terms of your own coaching and things like that? And I want you to tell me more, but how close are you to being able to make that your full-time commitment? Um, I gave myself the countdown um, Ooh, that's exciting. Until, until December of this year. So starting January of next year, I want this to be full time okay. um, and I'm trying to take those steps now, but it's a lot of work. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, sleepless nights, but um, yeah. so far things are going okay. Like it's a, it's a lot right now. Um, you feel like your plate is full. Oh, um, really cool. <laughs> girl I get and, you <laughs> and as as much as you try to do it's like every day it's like oh here's another idea okay write that down so you don't forget and then it's like oh wait here's another idea and it's like no you, you still have to get this one all the way out and so <laughs> I'm trying to just finagle the pieces together like on my own yeah so that it's productive and it's not just jumbled work here and there yeah and I think once I figured that out I'll be good Awesome. So in that vein, what is, you know, not to say like your elevator pitch, but like what all, what are the pieces of when you are able to step into this fully January, what is it you're doing? Where is it that you're, you're focusing? 
Uh, my focus, I want to do workshops. Um, I've realized that I like getting out and interacting with people. I hated customer service jobs, which is ironic, but I actually love the, the interaction day to day that you get because mm-hmm. no day is the same because you're always meeting someone new mm-hmm. or, you know, you're always doing something different, um, even if you're with the same people. So I like that interface and um, I want to keep that aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think that my focus will be workshops so that I can actually connect with who I'm teaching and coaching and giving tips to. And it's going to be, um, I'm going to be more focused on like group coaching and one-on-one coaching so that I can really be hands-on or really can get that instructional piece because sometimes you don't get it from online, you Mm -hmm. know, that, that presence is missing or that like atmospheric vibe that you get from being in person. And so I really like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that having those in-person workshops, you really feel it more. Yeah. You know, you, you're you're in the moment. You know, it's not just, oh, I have to find a safe space just to whisper to you, you know, or something like that. You're really able to, like, let your guard down a little and really take on what you're doing or the experience. Yeah. So workshops will definitely be my focus and coaching one-on-one in groups. Yeah. And you're currently already, right? A certified sex coach. Yes. Is that yes. right? And you're yes. also, aren't you working on another, a, another degree or program or something? Yes. I'm working to become licensed as a sex therapist. So that'll be, um, I'll be finished or wrapping up the education portion of that, um, the end of 2023. Gotcha. And, um, so I'll have to be licensed first as a marriage and family therapist. And then um, there's extra additional requirements to become a sex therapist. So it's like the ladder. I'm at like the midpoint of the ladder. (laughs) You're doing so much though. I mean, I've already heard work, school, momming. (laughs) What are you not doing, Jennifer? (laughs) I don't know. And that's why I said the plate is full. Like it's, it's very full. So I have, when I say I have no room for any extra because any little bit of time I get, um, I'm focusing on business. I'm trying to grow, you know, I'm trying to educate, trying to learn myself. So yeah, plate is full. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that. And the, the great thing about this type of work that we're both doing, obviously in a little bit different capacities, but it's, it's so rewarding and it's, and it fills you up so much that it doesn't really feel like work. Exactly. So that's, ideal, right? Wouldn't mm-hmm. we all love to love our jobs and have it be work that we are lucky to be paid to do right. and, and to get to the point where we can really make that the full-time thing is, is really the goal, right? It is. I've seen people do it, um, especially surrounding me, like locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a few, a few influencer friends of mine through peers that I have, make it over the hump in like six months. So wow. I know it's doable, but it requires a lot of work. <laughs> right. Right. And a lot of time. No, it absolutely does. And I think, you know, the the thing that is is going on right now around sex positivity, body mm-hmm. positivity, all of these different things is that it it almost feels like you can't get enough voices out there talking mm-hmm. about it because everybody's doing it in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. And I, I particularly love you and your page because it just feels, it feels so real. It feels so authentic. It feels like there's nothing you put out there that you are, are having to like try on or, or put on an air about, like you're just mm-hmm. putting it out there and being you. And I would love to hear your 
story about how you got to the point that this is, that this is your passion, right? Mm -hmm. You know, where, what's Jennifer's journey along the way to become boobtionary and (laughs) have this positive focus that you do on women's bodies, on sexuality, on all of that sort of stuff, because I have to assume you didn't pop out that way. No. (laughs) So what's that journey like for you? What's, what's your story? Um, It's been a very long journey for me um, because I didn't have, not to say that my mother didn't tell me certain things, but the advice I got growing up was don't get pregnant. And that was it. It, Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know what that means, you know, (laughs) when I'm just coming into like womanhood, I don't know what that means. Um, And I think as adults, we often assume based on what we've seen or what we've experienced. And we foreshadow that onto children when they make a reference about something. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of just literally answering the question or, you know, if, if we're asking something, you know, in sexual in relation, you automatically jump to X, Y, and Z when I'm just asking you the ABCs, you know, like, and I never got that. So yeah, it started from me being the only one in my house with, big boobs. Like Mm. I had a D cup by fifth grade. (laughs) So I was only in a training bra, maybe a week. If that, like my mom didn't waste time buying them. So yeah, I jumped right (laughs) into the real deal. Right. (laughs) So it was like a head first dive and she had never been through this because, you know, even to this day, my chest is bigger than hers Mm -hmm. and she didn't, um, none of my siblings had the same issue either. And so I'm going around with, I'm struggling to find bras that fit, bras that are comfortable, bras that, you know, don't dig into your skin, that actually give you the right support, you know, that actually fit. But I'm not learning the basics like, you you know, I'm skipping steps or I'm given like missing information. Mm-hmm. No one's saying you're supposed to get a bra fitting. No one's saying that you're supposed to take time to, you know, get fitted everywhere you go because each bra is going to fit differently. All I was told was, hey, go to Walmart, try this on. If it doesn't fit, try this on. And once you once you get one that fits, you know, that's your size. Take it and run, you know, and, and that's not much help. And as I got deeper into learning about, you know, the things that we as women don't know, the things that we're not taught, I was like, yo, there's a whole world out there of right. things that we're misinformed on or uneducated on or trained to think a certain way about that's totally different. You know, once you get to that adult phase and you're like, well, you're teaching me wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, if you had taught me this at an earlier age, I wouldn't have this problem now, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's how Boobtionary came about sitting in a living room, looking at a dictionary. And I was just like, well, what if there was like a book you could go to for women's issues? And I was like, everything, you know, like from, from menstruation to like ovaries or, you know, just everything in general. Yeah. Yes. Like discharge and, you know, like how to orgasm or what does that feel like, you know, for someone who's never felt that just all things women. And mm-hmm. that's when the the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, boob Chanel. It's like, it's, it's a boob blog, but it's also hygiene. It's also sex. It's also, you know, all things positive, you know? Yeah. So that's how it came about. Um, and my journey mm-hmm. to even get to the point of sharing certain things. Um, like I said, I had to have that that aha moment with family first. 
mm-hmm. um, because it was a shock. Yeah. Um, because I went from pursuing a law career and like working like in finance completely to now talking about, you know, sex and coaching sex and wanting to like really develop as a therapist to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And my family's kind of like, well, that's a whole 360 shift from what you were just doing. Like, help us see the correlation. And I, I really had to have that moment where I realized within me that I resonate more with this. Mm-hmm. Um, like doors open so easily for this with me because mm-hmm. it's, it comes second nature in a way of speaking. Like as I learn and I only, I only like to talk about what I go through yeah. and it makes it easier to relate it to others. Mm-hmm. And um, that helps a lot. Um, it also helps a lot when you're coaching because I don't like to charter unchartered, unchartered territory for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that if I'm not educated in it, if I haven't experienced it, I don't need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I only attract those that have been in similar situations. Like you've been sexually assaulted or how to overcome that. Or, you know, you've mm-hmm. been that shy person that's been in a shell you know, how do you just break out and be you? Or, you know, if you've been like that strong person that has no one else to go to, you know, how do you be that person for yourself? Those are the people that I attract because that's who I cater to. That's who I help. That's what I can speak from as far as what I've been through. So that's where the the content comes from. Yeah. And it, it what I'm hearing too is it just sounds like it's so aligned for you that you're going to attract people who hear the truth in what you're telling, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have experienced, you've been there, like they're going to look at you as somebody like this person is relatable and they've been through it and they want to help, you know? And I think that when, when something feels so aligned for you, because it's something you've experienced and are passionate about, it really just has this air of trust around it that people are going to, going to be attracted to like a monster flame. Yes, it does. And that makes perfect sense because like I will get, uh, well, I can't say random because they do feel like they know me, but um, it's random to you, but to yes. them, they've got a relationship with you, you know, exactly. That's an, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, they'll come up to me in public and they're like, oh my God, you've helped me so much. Or I love your page or your tips have just helped my relationship with my partner blossom so much. And I'm just like, you know, I love hearing that. Thank you so much. You know, because that, uh, that's like fuel to the fire because sometimes, like I said, that full plate, it gets full even for me. And you just, you just, sometimes you're like, nobody's getting it. Nobody's getting it. And it's like that one little comment. It's like, okay, somebody is getting it. Maybe I do need to keep going. Because yeah. you do feel like sometimes just take a nap. It's okay. <laughs> and sometimes it's okay to do that too. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you feel. That's Sometimes you just get to the edge and you just want to give up. Yeah. No, yeah. I completely understand that. But the topics that you're hitting on and the topics you're talking about with women and others, because I know you also enjoy working with couples and this stuff is just so important. It feels like it's, it's really great that it interests you and that it feeds you because it's such important stuff. The, the work that you're doing, the people that you're helping, they need this. I mean, one of my recent guests said, you know, couples are dying on the vine out there because they don't know how to relate to one another and talk about sex. 
and the more people who are willing to be out there and open mm. with them and helping them navigate some of these really tricky waters, it's like a lifeline to them. Yeah. And you're doing that too. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, the work that you really enjoy doing, whether it's with couples or with individuals. What are what are the pieces of the work that light you up the most, that make you the most excited? I would have to say um couple work is it's new, but it's it's a new focus that I like. Um I've seen so many unhealthy relationships. I've seen one that it's it worked. Like it was very healthy. Um and they were together until death. And to see that in its rarest and truest form. And then mm-hmm. to go and see those, I'm not going to say wrong relationships, but just unfit relationships. Mm-hmm. You're able to pick out those differences and you're able to really focus in on what what's not working rather than mm-hmm. pointing the blame or pointing the finger. And sometimes you do need that neutral third party to come in and say, hey guys, you know, I'm going to sit you both down. This is what you're not doing, that you're both saying that you're trying to do. Yeah. and you're in a sense on the same page. You're just shouting at at it from different angles. So you're not hearing each other, you know, and that's all, that's all we need sometimes. Or even in relationships, I believe in like checkups, you know, Mm -hmm. we go to the doctor, nothing's wrong. You know, we'll check up on our body and make sure everything's in order, make sure we're breathing, make sure, you know, heart health and brain health and all of these things. But you know, we, we coast through life as though a relationship doesn't need that. You know, we don't really? always come into a relationship and we don't end up the same person. You know, we change okay. as individuals. So we're going to change in that relationship. Mm-hmm. We need to check up throughout that, like set mm-hmm. those goals. And once you lose track of that, what got us off track? You know, mm-hmm. how do we get back on track? And sometimes you need, like I said, that third party to come in and say, all right, hey, this is the goal you said. This is the actions you said you take this is where you got lost. This may be the steps you need to help get you back on track. So I do think couple work will be my focus going like forward. Like it will be a primary focus, mm-hmm. but um, I will still always do individual like one-on-one coaching sure. because if you, like I said, if you've ever been in the situation where um, you lack the confidence, you know, sometimes you experience things where it'll cloud your judgment of you. And you just need help getting back to you. You know, I don't mind having those intimate conversations just to help you, you know, get back to yourself. Yeah. But my main focus will still be couples. When you have women coming to you and talking about lack of confidence or or whatever the areas about themselves are that they're having trouble embracing, what is it that you impart to them. I I think that one of the things that I'm really passionate about and believe really wholeheartedly is that if you don't, you don't love yourself and if you don't find your worth and your value yourself, I'm not Mm going to say you can't love somebody else. Well, I think you absolutely can. But I think that when we don't have that intrinsic love for ourselves, we're always going to be looking to others to fill us up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is it that you help women understand or how, what do you, what do you feel is really important and in understanding the key to really getting that confidence for yourself? Um, I've always expressed, I guess, mindset. the thing you're most afraid of is what you need. And that's spending time with yourself. Mm. Um, and that's spending that alone time. And I think in that mindset, 
we're most afraid at that moment to just be alone. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly what we need, but we're afraid to be alone because we don't know what to do with that time. You know, we're, we're afraid that we're going to get lost in thoughts and we're afraid to hurt basically, if you, you might as well say. And I, I think enough people don't talk about that phase. Right. Um, because you have to hurt after you go through something. It's, it's human nature. It's like everybody's yeah. going to hurt. Like those yeah. feelings are, you know, there for a reason. They even play a part. And we're not going to know those happier times if we don't experience them. So I, I feel that in order to really get that, that inner confidence going, you, you're going to have to allow yourself to hurt. Then you have to allow yourself that time to heal from it. You know, say, okay, I did do some wrong in this because it takes two to tango. You know, it's not just all you, you, you. Some of that is me, 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 you know, and and that healing, you have to accept that because if you don't, it's going to continue to carry over in everything else that you do until you realize that you are the problem. You have that common denominator in every failed relationship. And you're going to have to take that alone time and focus on what you're doing wrong and realize that either take that time to work on fixing it and improve it or accept that, hey, that's a flaw. I own up to it. That's something that I'm not willing to work on so that you can state that up front. And that all comes into self-love, accepting yourself, being confident in who you are. But you won't know that if you don't spend that time with yourself. You won't know your likes, your dislikes, you know, you'll be able to easily communicate and express your personality more. You're, you're more able to let that guard down in certain situations and say, hey, I know in this situation, I'm only going to take this conversation so far with you. You're not afraid to, you know, put that stopping point there because, you know, all right, I don't want to go further with you. And then over here, whereas you can say, hey, I do want to go further with you because you provide X, Y, and Z for me. And that connection, that time with self, that understanding of self all adds into that. Yeah. And it's really uncomfortable for people when they, when they've never spent time with themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get really quiet and do that. I mean, it's, it's so easy for us. And I don't want to say as women, but honestly, it is true that as Mm -hmm. women, it's easy for us to really focus on other people and their needs and what is it that they, that, that would be helpful for us showing up for them this way. But how often do we really allow ourselves to sit back in a true self-care way? You know, I, I love myself a bath. I love manicure and pedicure, but like self-care to me really is like listening in to like, what is it that I need? What is it that I'm not feeling? How, how do I fill this up in myself? And that is like really uncomfortable to spend that time because we're taught that that's really selfish to take mm-hmm. that time and exactly. focus on yourself. And there's so many mm-hmm. other things you could be doing with your time. It is. And like, I, I often stress, like, take yourself out on those self dates. Like, it's okay. Like sometimes you're not going to always have friends that want to do what you want to do. Your, your partner may not want to do what you want to do, but if it's on your mind and it's something that's like really resonating with you, go do it. Yeah. That's how I, that's how you fulfill those little moments, you know, where it's joy, you know, you'll be surprised at how much joy you'll bring yourself just spending time with yourself. Yeah. When you truly do what you want to do in that moment. <laughs> right. Instead of just being like, oh, I don't care. Whatever mm-hmm. you want. <laughs> exactly. Because I used to be that way. <laughs> I think we I used all to have. Be that way. It's mm-hmm. more comfortable, right? To, to not have to put ourselves out there and say what it is we really want or, 
you know, one of the things I still probably struggle with today is this concept of the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. somebody who experiences FOMO like nobody else. If Even if I know that I'm doing what I need to do to take care of myself, I'm still like, oh, but I wonder how that was. I wonder if they oh, I missed out. <laughs> yes. Like now I'm not going to have that shared experience with them. And, you know, there is this concept now of, of the joy of missing out, right? JOMO mm-hmm. instead of having FOMO. And I think if, if you're able to commit to this process of really learning what it is that makes you tick and what makes you happy, mm-hmm. you can have joy around doing what it is that feels right to you, even if you are excluding yourself from something else. But it does take, it's a practice. It's hard it to is. get there. It is. It took, I mean, it took me years literally to get to this point. Like, it's not like I just woke up one morning and it was like, Hey self, we're, we're okay today. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you actually like, it, it's, you have to build a routine. And yeah. that's what I tell um, my clients that just 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, you'll be surprised at what you do with just building that routine. Because once you get in the habit of spending time with yourself, it's going that time is going to increase. And before you know it, like you said, it, instead of that fear, it's going to turn into a joy. And it's going to be like, oh, I, I can't wait to get home. And they're going to be like, well, what are you doing today? Nothing. I'll just be at home. <laughs> yeah. And it, you'll be excited for that. You know, that quiet time to just relax with the book or, you know, to do simply nothing in the world, but what you want to do right. in that moment. And at some, at some points too, I think we, we look at our sisters and we're like, oh, it must be like going through something if they want to spend alone time or they must, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's really going on with her, you know, instead of just being like, oh Yeah look at her. She's actually just like doing what it is she wants to be doing. And we think that there has to be either something wrong with, or somebody has to be going through some sort of like depression in Mm -hmm. order to like want to spend this time. But then you start to see the shifts that are happening in people and you can see like, Oh, they're a little different now. Like they Mm -hmm. don't, they don't need as much validation or they're not needing as much from the external, they're, mm-hmm. they're filling themselves up a little bit more internally and you notice it. And it's a quality that's it's ineffable. You can't like quite put your finger on it, but like, there's something different about them, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But you definitely can see it because it's almost like a light that radiates from you. Once you have that self-confidence about you, or you have that knowledge of self, I'll say, mm-hmm. um, it's like a light. It literally will radiate from you and, and the confidence you exude will attract the the people that are meant to be around you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that <laughs> I know for myself, it, it took me a long time and probably into my forties, you know, mm-hmm. now to really be able to embrace the journey of getting to know myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a gift that I see now happening for younger women. And it makes me really inspired to see this generation that's coming up now wanting to be conscious about this and like mm-hmm. do the work now. I'm like, oh, y'all are going to change the world in ways that yes. my generation can't because you are doing it like two so decades early. Before, yes. we hit, before we hit it. And it's, <laughs> it's so inspiring. I, I definitely feel the same way. I, I want to say, I touched on this the other day, uh, that the younger generation, like they have so many resources and so much information that just wasn't around when we were coming up through school. And I'm just like, if I had even a me back then, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, things would be so different. Yeah. 
so different. I was talking with somebody else the other day on the show, um, hasn't aired yet. So who knows if this will or that will first, (laughs) but around how children today, you know, I have an almost 13 year old going through sex education right now at school. And I will continue to beat this drum that I think sex education needs to be mostly done at home (laughs) because I don't think the school will do it justice. But they're talking about things at school now in a way that is so different from how it was for for my generation at least. Mm. And what they came home and told me was that like they're even including conversation around different types of sex between different gender kind oh, wow. of constructs, right? And so I was like, wow, that's really that's really different. And yeah. so even that alone, their minds are expanded that things are that there are so many other possibilities that are okay mm-hmm. for them to explore. And I, I love that. I love that, you know, my almost 13 year old can kind of decide on a different day that like they want to use a different pronoun and they might, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that is not something I ever even thought about. Like yes, no, the wasn't. world of gender is, <laughs> you know, in, in the years that I grew up, it's binary. You are mm-hmm. what you are. That is all there is to it. And if that doesn't fit you, Sorry, we're just yeah. we're just going we're just going to like otherize you and call you a freak and and I love that this generation is so much more like open-minded and it's like mm-hmm. yeah, of course we all have choice and we all get to pick different things and it's amazing to me. I I love it. I absolutely love it that we we're becoming more welcoming in, in, in my sense of uh an accepting of of the differences because I don't like to use the word normal because I don't think normal exists. I just think that there's a commonality, you know, between, uh, you know, things that we all do. Like it may be common for, you know, a group of people doing this to react this way, but I don't think we should consider it normal that that. majority do that. You know what I mean? Because it it doesn't differentiate someone who doesn't do it. Right. You know, it doesn't make them, you know, wrong or like um, disabled or anything like that, just because it's not the traditional way, you know, of doing something. And I think that this generation that is coming in now has accepted that more than any other generation before them. Like, I love seeing it. I think what you just said reminded me of a quote that I heard recently, and I'm not even going to try and actually quote it, but the concept (laughs) was that just because we have all learned how to function in a dysfunctional society doesn't make us all succeeding. Like that doesn't mean we're winning. Right. And what you're talking about there, it's like normalizing something. What does that even mean? Exactly. Does it it mean watering ourselves down to fit? Like what's the greatest common denominator or can we celebrate that we have differences and that we are all still valid and worthy, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. our expression is, whatever it is we're bringing to the table and also teach that to our, to our young people. And I, I think that that has been happening, which is why we're seeing people in their Mm twenties already making conscious shifts in how they, you know, think about self-love and self-care, how they Mm -hmm. look at their relationships, how they look at communication, how they open themselves up to a broad spectrum of sexual fantasy and experience and different relationship containers. Like status quo doesn't mean good. Right. Right. And, and we're Mm -hmm. in a new era and I just find it really exciting. I do too. I do too. But I don't think, I also don't think we give ourselves like that, that middle generation or we're still technically considered millennial on based on the year chart, but you know, we're like at the top of it. 
But I, I think we also turned on that light bulb because we were like, this can't be all to life. You know what I mean? And that fueled the younger generation to to kind of welcome more because we were the ones that were, you know, like, okay, this can't be it. We're not just meant to work and, and die. Like there has to be more, you know, right. and I'm I'm feeling that, you know, I'm really passionate about this and people, you know, they, they gravitate towards what I do when I'm doing this, but you know, this pays the bills, you know? So it's like, well, what do we do? You know? So I think us in that, that confusing space, but starting to figure it out kind of led the pathway for the younger generation to just kind of like go on in and kind of hone in on that. So I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. No, I think you're absolutely right. I do think the millennial generation, I wish I could claim that I was a part of it. I'm not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) One, one older than that here, but I do think that so much credit goes to the millennial generation of opening some of that up because when I was growing up, there really wasn't this concept of like loving what you do. It was mm-hmm. about doing a job, right? right. And, and now we have so many different opportunities available to us. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and I right now going through the life shifts that we are going from those traditional careers, you know, I, mm-hmm. I did do the law path and I did do the executive path. And it's like leaving that behind to kind of travel this new direction that really lights me up. And I feel like is, is where I'd like to put my time and energy and focus moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different mindset than it what is. we were raised with. And I do think the millennial generation and subsequent subsequent generations for opening up our minds to say, Oh, we can say, what if I want more? <laughs> what, right. if, what if this isn't it for me? And I, I love that that has gotten use the word normalized. I love that that's gotten <laughs> yes. normalized in the world today because without it, we wouldn't see this like creative influx of things mm-hmm. that we do in terms of thinking about life differently, thinking about our relationships differently, our careers mm-hmm. differently, all of these, all of these things. And it is really cool. And I yeah, love that you are, you know, putting yourself out there as somebody who's dedicated to the work of, of all of this. Yes, because I, I, at the end of the day, I am a hopeless romantic. Like I love rom coms, <laughs> so <Yay. laughs> I, I do. I do believe in like the happy endings, but I do believe you have to create them, and Oof, I do believe I you that. have to like put in the work for that happy ending. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're committed to doing so, you'll have it. You know, yeah. and that's that's just how I see things. And so I feel I feel like I'll I'll be a staple in making that happy ending for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what better way to end? You create your own happy endings. I yeah, love that. Definitely. Jennifer, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on. I will make sure that everybody can find you, but if you want to throw out any of your handles or where people can find you, things that are super exciting and alive for you right now, got any, got any things that everybody needs to know? Um, let's see. You can find me at Boobtionary on mostly everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, I am on Mon app. I mm-hmm. want to say I'm also Boobtionary on there, or I might be a Boobiful Sexpert, I think. Okay. I'll make sure I get it right. But I am Boobiful Sexpert on Mon. Um, I also go by Boobiful Sexpert on IG, but that's more personal page. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I am working on a Couples and Candles event. Um, it's going to be an intimate date night. So it's going to be a candle making session, uh, intimate conversations and dinner all in one. Um, so 
details are coming soon on that. And um, I am still working on workshops this summer, but those will be mostly online. So Mm -hmm. details will be coming very soon about that, like starting June. So you guys can stick around for that. Oh my gosh, you've got so much on your very full plate already. (laughs) (laughs) I so appreciate you taking this time to spend a little bit with me and talking about, you know, your focus and what you're doing and, and the work that you are offering the world is so incredibly important. So I'm so glad. Thank you. I appreciate you for being here and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. And one of the things that I would love to enlist your help with is getting some more rates and reviews for this beautiful little show that I am enjoying putting out for all of you. If you have a moment and you feel so inclined, I would be indebted and grateful if you would go to either iTunes or Spotify and give me some feedback and hopefully it's five star. So if you're enjoying Sexual Alchemy, spend a little time to do that for me. It would be a great help to me and it would mean the world. Have a beautiful week. 